Welcome to the Distressed Pro Professional Podcast Series, where we bring you actionable information from real professionals on the front lines of today's real estate investing and mortgage note market. Hey, I'm very happy to have Roger McClure here today of the Washington Wealth Counselors PC. Uh, Roger has been a practicing attorney for over 40 years and has a lot of experience in uh, entities, setting up entities. And so we're going to talk about today how to get ourselves set up uh, with whatever the entity, the right entity is for our real estate or our note investing business to make sure that we're, that we're doing it right. Roger, your bio is, is, you've got such a career here that I would, I would sound, uh, I'd sound like an encyclopedia if I just start reading all this stuff. So why don't you hit well, the highlights just, for us? For, and, for, uh, for, uh, thank you, Brett. It's great to be with you and your audience. Uh, basically, uh, mainly about the real estate. I've been a real estate investor myself, both in houses and in commercial. I was uh, served as past president of the local apartment association. Uh, I, for three years, I had a radio talk show on real estate uh, that I, I did, and uh, they took me off the air when I ran for office, and so I served in office for about 10 years, uh, wow. and uh, when I told, I don't know if you know Danny Santucci, but he's a guy that's been around in uh, real estate for a long time. He said, I must have really done something wrong in my prior life to have been committed to 10 years in the legislature, but anyway, <laughs> uh, so but basically what I do is I help people in their planning and uh, in their real estate, uh, setting up real estate entities, whether it's partnerships or LLCs or corporations, both for when people want to inherit things and also for asset protection. And asset protection is a big deal. When you go into distressed real estate or you're buying notes, you're doing something that can end up being very controversial. And if you end up foreclosing on a house and that lady crying takes her babies to the courthouse, wants to do something with this evil guy or gal who foreclosed on them, uh, you're not gonna be the most sympathetic person. And unfortunately, we have a trend in the courts where the courts don't necessarily follow the law. And so you've got to structure yourself so that you're protected. And if you own real estate or notes in your own name and that generates litigation or accidents or lawsuits or whatever, then they can come after not only the business, but they can come after everything you have and only certain things like your 401k might be protected, but they could come after your home. They can come after anything. And today, uh, when we have this, the rich and poor divide and all this kind of thing, more and more, it's not going to get any better. More and more, we're going to see more litigation and more difficulties with people who build up wealth, because if you build up wealth, it must not be because you worked 24 hours a day <laughs> and took huge risks and signed all these notes, but because you stole it from other people. Sure. So uh, you have to understand that there's that attitude uh, out there. Um, what I'd like to mention is two stories of clients that many years ago I worked with and still, still do. I'm going to change the names. Let's take Ruth, for example. Ruth had a very strong business, and what she would do is, whoops, she would, um, I punched the wrong button by mistake. That's right, you're back. Um, um, she, she would uh, 
uh, buy, she'd go to help people who were being foreclosed. She'd advance them the money to stop the foreclosure, take a second note. And then of course they wouldn't pay her and they wouldn't pay the mortgage. And then she'd foreclose on them and then she'd evict them. And one of the evictions she had, uh, there was a shooting during the eviction. Oh and made a big Washington Post and she became a horrible person and she lost everything. Hmm. Now she, she has a wonderful husband and family, but she's collecting social security and a little bit of money from the government and really can't own any real estate. Another example, and, and she doesn't have a horrible life, but she doesn't really have any money. Another sure. example is Sally. Sally uh, went and started investing in real estate, bought single family homes and eventually worked into office buildings, warehouses, and um, also uh, apartment buildings. And what happened was, is years ago, we had a big downturn in this area. And uh, she had lots of problems and lots of problems with tenants not paying, those kinds of things. And she lost three properties to foreclosure, filed personal bankruptcy. Mm. And mm. she had her main property in a partnership and all sorts of stuff that I had put together to, to, to make it very complicated. The bankruptcy court took a look at it and says, this is a mess, we don't understand it, get out of here, we'll just give you your bankruptcy and you can keep your property. Wow. So now this year, many years later, she's getting ready to cash in and she's going to, going to uh, get a, over $15 million from the transaction. Wow. So, you know, it's one of the first questions that new folks ask me is, do, can I, do I need to be incorporated to do this. And when they say do this, I think they mean two different things. One is, um, you know, there's a lot of folks who get started in this business by, um, especially when we're talking about notes or, or by wholesaling, right? So by finding the deals and trying to make a fee off of that and, you know, passing that to, to a buyer. And then I have other folks who maybe they've got some, it's not in an IRA or whatever, they've got some after-tax money and they want to start investing in notes and all the time I get the question do I need a corporation for this it sounds like yes but you know what I always have to say is you know I'm not an attorney I can't offer you any legal you know counsel on this you need to you need to talk to someone who 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 is and so tell us a little bit about how you think about those two things one is the like you know uh bird dogging or wholesaling for fees and the other is uh you know uh, acquiring uh stuff under under uh what kind of entity should that be and and how should people think about that okay well you don't have to have a corporation or an llc to conduct business you can conduct it on your own but there's no privacy and there's no protection of your other assets for what happens so you can start out if you want to without an entity and basically today the corporation is kind of like the old story. Uh, what is really best now is the limited liability company, which uh, has been started up in the last 40 years, and which is really the entity of choice in, for single family homes or shopping centers today. And okay. it's replaced the partnership and the corporation. And the idea of doing that is the same concept of the corporation. The idea of setting up the corporation was when what happens is if the corporation owns the, the sailing ship and it sinks and, and every, you lose everything and the widows and everyone want to sue you 
for losing the sailors and all the money and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. If the ship is owned by the corporation, the corporation has as uh, $200, then that's all the creditors get. They can't come after you individually. But if they're owned by you and your friends, then it's a partnership. They can come after everything you have. Sure. So to conduct business, no, you don't have to have it, but it's prudent and wise to do it because you never know what's going to happen. And you really think, okay, I'm going to set aside a 10000 or $100,000 to go into this enterprise. And you think that's all I got to risk. No, you have everything, everything you own and your whole future finances at risk if you don't use an LLC. So talk to me a little bit about the, you're saying corporation, and I'm assuming that you're meaning like a C corp. And so that like in, in my, the, only, the ones I'm familiar with, there's a C corp, um, an LLC and a sub S, which is what my company is, an S uh, corp. And so maybe just talk a little bit about how to think about where any of those is more appropriate than another. Well, you one answer is if you're an advanced investor and you have a lot of different properties, you're going to have LLCs, you're going to have S corporations, you're going to have C corporations because sure. each has their advantage. But the big advantage of the LLC is that you can set it up and you have limited liability like you do in a corporation, but you don't have in a, in a corporation. And the LLC, you don't have to have annual minutes. It's very easy to set up. You can go online and set up one in almost minutes in Virginia and many other states. Uh, and you don't have to have annual minutes or anything like that. And ever, all the losses are passed through to you individually. The income with an S corporation, yeah, that's supposed to happen. But the problem with S corporations, there are limitations and it can be fairly complicated taxation. C corporations, you have the double tax. So you, you have to pay a tax at the C level and then also at the individual level, which you don't have with corporations. Now, understand, I have set up LLCs, which we file as S corporations. I've set up LLCs that we file as C corporations. Hmm. One of the things that LLCs have, if you set it up in the right state, is they have greater protection than corporations. If you own an S or C corporation share, and so they then go to the courthouse and say, Rick had this uh, $2 million car accident and insurance only covered a million, so he still owes a million dollars. So I get a judgment for a million dollars against Breck. I'm going to go to uh, the courthouse and he's got this nice business going. It's in an S corporation. Judge, I want you to order the shares of his corporation to be sold to pay my million dollars. And, <laughs> and that lawyer that asked for that will get that order in any state in the country. Wow. And so, so, the, so you have less protection as, as an S than you do as an LLC. No. Uh, well, it, if you set up the LLC right, most states in the United States say, oh, if you have that million dollar, Brett has that million dollar judgment against him, we can then go to his LLC. And in most states, you get what's called a charging order. And if you don't pay it in some kind of reasonable time, the lawyer for the accident victim can go back to court and have the judge order your share sold, <laughs> but not if the LLC is set up in Delaware or Virginia, or Texas, 
okay. Renato or some of the <laughs> others. They absolutely prohibit the sale of your interest in the company for any uh, a problem outside the company. Hmm. And so those LLCs, uh, uh, those LLCs uh, are have a second level of protection. That is, not only are you protected that that what's inside the company can't migrate out and get to you, but what's outside can't get into your your company. Okay. So, so what if you're so someone like me? You need to do. A, unfortunately, a lot of people don't know that. And a yeah. lot of attorneys don't know that. They're in Maryland. They, oh, I'll set up a Maryland LLC for you. Well, Maryland doesn't provide that protection. Right. Well, I was just going to ask you. So I've got, so I've, I've one LLC in Delaware, and then I also have a sub S in, in, um, in Oregon. And it sounds like I've made a mistake. Well, uh, yeah, the, you're, you're the one in Delaware. Now, what you can do if you like the S corporation, benefit and there and 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 my law practice is an s corporation it's okay for, for a professional operation or for running a, a a service business it's a very good method and it's that's the standard thing that is usually used it could okay. be an LLC, but an s corporation works well for me what you can do if you say okay i'd like to have uh, the llc protection is you can set up an llc and then you can file a really short form with the IRS saying, I want it taxed as an S corporation. So you get the okay. LLC limited liability benefits in the right state and S corporation taxation. I recently set up a um, LLC with, S corp with C corporation taxation because this particular business does a lot of businesses, many different states. And the problem is, is every state that you do business in wants money from you. Mm -hmm. and they want you to file a tax return. Yeah. But if you're a C corporation and you don't have any operation, you, you sell stuff in that state, but you don't have any operations there, they can't make you file a tax return. Hmm. Interesting. So, and, but if it's an, but if it's a LLC or a partnership, they might be able to. So there's, wow. There's, you know, depending upon the business, there's different advantages and the S corporation or the, the LLC with the corporate uh, election is, a, is one, one approach. So when is a corporation better than an LLC? Well, a corporation's better because generally speaking, with an LLC, everything just flows through to you. But if you want to be able to justify uh, having a corporation provide health benefits, you probably get a better retirement plan uh, if you want the corporation to provide a retirement plan for you. Uh, like my corporation has a corporate uh, retirement plan that it provides for me. Uh, yep. You're going to get a better one uh, with the corporation. And you know, if you're if you're uh, <clears throat> investing in burnout, uh, uh, horrible pieces of real estate, and you know, in the in the places where they have murders every uh, you know. Uh, 50 murders a weekend uh, yeah. you may want to look at a corporation because the dumbest judge understands a corporation is a different entity than an LLC sure and they're not as familiar with with LLCs um, and also a corporation S corporation for example is a very good entity to use for managing real estate so let's say you have 10 properties and sometimes property A is producing enough money to pay all the bills and property B isn't. So you use the money from property A to go to property B. And the problem is, is 
is then you got all these different accounts and so it's and, and you may have depending upon the size of the property you may have each year 10 properties and separate llc's to provide separate protection but you can have a separate management company that takes in all the rents from everybody you don't tell the tenants uh you don't tell the tenants uh uh who owns the property they deal with the management company like i sure. said a management company for a lady she's worried about being sued and all the management company owned was desks and chairs and and, and computers right and so go ahead you want to sue them and if you get an attorney who's not all that bright they'll just sue the management company and they'll forget to sue the llc where the money is hmm. so i've got a note here about um having one llc to do deals and another for long-term hold and i actually had a question about that myself where should once you get rolling in, in business and you're, you're, you know, I sort of have, I, I treat one of my, my sub S as like a holding company. And then right. um, should it, should then the sub S own the LLCs or uh, is that too, are we getting too complicated or are we getting in the weeds? Well, first of all, the word, word complicated and most people's uh, lexicon has a negative uh, context. In my world, it has a positive context. Okay. If I go through an IRS audit and I've got a very simple setup, yeah. they're going to look at all the details. Right. If I've got 10 LLCs with all sorts of different stuff, the IRS agent only has so many hours to spend on each case. Sure. And so I'm going to get away with kind of more stuff. I'm going to get less questions if I have a complicated case. Now, okay. sometimes it's complicated and they screw up. I had a recent case where they wanted $300,000 uh, for one of my clients and the agent just didn't understand it. And we had to go to a higher level in the IRS, talk to someone to explain all the structures because they were complicated. And then they said, okay, you don't want any, we understand now you don't own any tax. But um, uh, so so there, there there's that. But yes, it's a good idea that if you're buying and selling to have... Uh, one particular LLC that buys and sells because you don't have the continuing liability. But if it's going to be a property you're going to buy and hold, yeah. then you would probably want to have that in a separate LLC. So if it's a holding one, you put it in an LLC. Now, one of the big issues is, okay, I'm buying properties that are worth 100000 each. Do I set up a separate LLC for each of those? Well, no, that's that's problem because you got annual costs of the LLC and that kind of stuff every year. Delaware charges you $300 a year for each LLC. So you, you got you got to pay attention to that. And it's all depends upon how threatened a person feels. Mm -hmm. Some people will put three or four properties in one LLC. Others will put uh, uh, only one. I use kind of a million dollars. If the property is a million dollars, you want to have a separate entity for it. And there is something we don't have time to go into today called a series LLC in oh. Delaware and Texas and others that deals with this problem. Hmm. Well, talk to me a little bit about, because I, I you got my wheels turned a little bit. Maybe I've got a couple of mistakes out there. So maybe we could talk a little bit about some of the mistakes that folks can try and avoid when they're looking to get started with this, or maybe that they might need to correct if they're already you know, in it. Okay. One of the key things you need to understand is that successful trial attorneys that sue people and make millions of dollars and have a house in the beach and in the mountains because of all the money they make, 
only sue people that have or companies that have lots of money. Sure. They don't sue poor people. Yeah. And so before they begin the suit, before whether it's a good suit or a bad suit, they and and the really good attorneys, I mean ones that are, make a lot of money, that know how to choose their suits. They they may turn down most of the suits, most of the cases that come to them. But they're going to do what's called an asset search. If you want to shock yourself someday, go on the web and go in asset search and ask for someone you know to find out. And for 200 bucks, you can find out almost everything they own. Hmm. Interesting. And so you don't want to make it easy for people to find how much you own. Now, I will admit that if you hire, uh, you know, a thousand or two thousand uh, dollar private investigator they can find out anything about you sure. but but for the average person you don't want to be subject to the asset search and so what you got to do is maintain privacy so for example and a mistake is you say okay i don't want to go hire and pay a lawyer or some other company to file the articles of uh, formation for me uh, I'll do it myself. Well, when you do that, that becomes a public record. In the, and then the, the uh, uh, web crawlers go out and find out that Brent uh, Palumbo formed an LLC in Delaware and put that in their database. And then they know that everything that's owned by that LLC is owned mm -hmm. by you. Ah. Uh, but instead, if I form one for you, I form it. Mm. And so the only paperwork that's there is my name and my address. Hmm. And a great thing about Delaware is all you have to do is on a public record is put, is, put who is the registered agent. Okay. And so they, they and, and, and if someone calls me up and says, well, I'm uh, thinking of suing this Brett guy, uh, looks like he may own this LLC. Uh, tell me, does he own this property? I said, no, I'm not gonna tell you that. That's attorney-client privilege. And a judge can't make me tell you that, and I'm not going to tell you that. I'll call. I'll call him and see if if he's interested in talking to you. Wow, that is quite a bit more protection, <laughs> because today you could just look me up for sure. Right. So and then, then you don't want to serve as like if if you're like in Virginia, if someone lives in Virginia, they could be their own registered agent. Again, boom, right there. And in, 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 in less than a minute, you can find out who the registered agent is and who the property is. And so if I'm the registered agent or you have a company that's a registered agent, then they uh, can uh, look up and find out who that person is. Hmm. Another mistake is people say, well, I have a, I'm, a, I'm a prominent physician. And I'm uh, my I'm going to call my apartment building the David Smith Properties. Never ever do that. Do not put your name on your properties. You might you might call it the DSP Properties, so that mm. you could, or DSP Main Street, so you can remember which property that has to deal with. But all of my <laughs> LLCs that I set up are are uh, initials and. And it's a way for me and the client to figure out what property we're talking about, but uh, it's not available to the public as to who is. So we're trying to maintain privacy as much as possible. Well, so talk to me a little bit about, um, and I know we're coming up on the end of uh, our time here, but talk to me a little bit about uh, one of the things that comes up a lot is sort of working with other people like JVs, joint ventures, and, and that sort of thing where, 
Uh, maybe you do the work and someone else has got the money or vice versa. And so can you talk a little bit about how you might think about uh, yeah, that? That's, that's very important. And on my website uh, at uh, Washington Wealth Counselors, I have a questionnaire that you can go through. And I really recommend if you're going to be in a partnership with somebody else, you need to go through that questionnaire and figure out what's going to happen. I did a, a situation where seven children were inheriting a farm in Kansas from their parents. Mm. And we went through a process and it turned out at the end that three of them dropped out and wanted to be bought out. And that was a good result because they would have not been happy in the partnership in the first place. And then people don't believe it, but if you, if someone says, oh, Brett, you really know what you're doing this real estate and you're making good money. So I'll give you this money and you go buy these properties for me. Yeah. Well, you have sold a security. Hmm. That's subject to the securities regulations. And so right. you have to structure it. So it's not subject to the securities regulations. And the downside for the, for the person is if you sold security, it's a slam dunk case against you if you lose money. Yeah. If you lose, if the, you know, real estate can go bad, you can lose money in real estate. And if it goes down the tubes and you sold somebody a security, a security, then they can come after you and you don't have a piece of paper that says, well, you know, this, we could lose money on this. And so you have to have something, you have to have a disclosure statement if it's a security or you have to set it up. So it's not a security under the, under the state laws, but a lot of people don't recognize that. Hmm. So what else would you leave us with here? What else should people be thinking about as they go off into their, uh, you know, the rest of their day here um, and they're thinking about uh, real estate? Well, they, they want to, as I mentioned, choose the right state. They don't want to sign the articles. They don't want the name in the LLC. They want to make sure that, you know, they don't go to uh, 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 Amazon and, and buy uh, their clothes using the LLC money. They got to make sure they follow the formalities. Yeah. Uh, we want to plan for divorce and death. Uh, a big thing I see is they set up the LLC and they forget to deed the property to the LLC. Hmm. And another thing is, is entrepreneurs are great at, at, at putting together deals, but they don't often pay the 50 or $100 a year you're supposed to with the state and the LLC gets terminated. I had one yesterday. He was, he's a fantastic entrepreneur. He's got over $40 million, but he wanted me to, he's once selling something from the LLC and I found out it was, was terminated. Oh, I boy. sent him a letter saying, pay your, you know, 125 bucks. And he didn't do it <laughs> because he's just so busy. Yeah, and so what I do with my Virginia clients is I pay it because, because I stop that nonsense of of the LLCs, and 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 this is not a small problem. This is like thirty to fifty percent of the companies I set up get thrown out because they don't pay their annual registration fees. Hmm. It is one of the the real huge like problem hmm? nuisances of owning you know the businesses. You I I you know every time I get a, a letter from the state I. I dread opening it because you're going to be some surprise of, you know, some, sure. some small thing that I didn't, uh, that yeah. I didn't take care of for sure. Right. So anyway, on my website, I have the 10 biggest mistakes for LLCs. You can download that. Also, I've got this, this management agreement. And then uh, you have to be careful uh, about recent regulations of the IRS 
about how they can apply audit regulations for a two-person uh, LLC that mm -hmm. apply to like the hundred hundred uh, mega partnerships. So you have to uh, you have to you have to be very careful as the way you set up things these days. Hmm. Well, this has been really helpful for me, and I know that anybody's listening to this probably got their gears turning too. If you want to get deeper into this, if you've got something that you're looking to buy or just getting started in business or, or some things came up today where you're thinking, maybe I'm not set up exactly right, um, then you got to go over to wealthcounselors.com, talk to Roger, Roger McClure, and you can get him at roger at uh, wealthcounselors.com. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You can e email me there. Uh, and then I, I'm part of a national organization. I've got got attorneys in every state in the, in, in the country. Fantastic. Roger, it's been great having you on here. Really appreciate it. Um, thanks for taking this time and educating everybody here. Okay, great. It's wonderful to be with you. Great. Yeah. Hey, this is Brett Colombo, founder of DistressPro.com. Are you ready to take your real estate or note business to the next level? We'll show you how to start sourcing discounted and distressed off-market deals direct from institutional sellers. Visit GoBankDirect.com today and learn how to take control of your deal flow and profit in any market. Go now to GoBankDirect.com.